feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, I cannot believe we are hours away from President Trump being arraigned tomorrow in federal court in Washington, D.C. This one tied, of course, to 2020 election. Basically, what they say is interference, his bid to overturn the election and January 6th. This is an amazing moment. I cannot believe how many times it's like another month, another indictment. We still have Georgia, too, on the horizon. And we'll see what we have seen already three other times or two other times. This will be a third with President Trump walking into court. Um, In this case, he'll probably, I would assume, be driven uh, in the D.C. federal court system. I covered Washington for many years That particular courthouse I've been in a lot of times. And usually there's like a way you can drive underneath. So you'll probably drive in. You'll see a motorcade coming in. You'll see people protesting outside. He'll also drive out. You'll probably get the sketches afterwards because no cameras in the courthouse. But still, it is an amazing moment that now we have the president about to be charged for a third time. Talk about pile on city. And this comes, of course, as we're getting more details about this judge. And the more I hear about this particular judge who is going to hear Donald Trump's case in this one, this is, of course, the special counsel's case, I should say. And it's a very thin one at that, according to most legal scholars. Well, this judge, D.C. Judge Tanya Chutkin, who's going to oversee the criminal case, She just seems downright biased on so many different levels. I will be astounded if this judge stays on the case. I guess I won't be astounded because here it is, another like another indictment against Trump. It seems like the fix is really in. And you tell me what you think after you hear the details about her. Uh, She is somebody who's been labeled as the toughest punisher of the January rioters. So even in cases where the prosecution said, oh, there shouldn't be any jail time or there should be very minimal, she's often exceeded it. I mean, this is a judge who has a history of not liking whatsoever anybody tied to January 6th. She's also given a pass, basically, to the Black Lives Matter folks. So what does that say? That she's easy on Black Lives Matter folks, says that that's free speech, that's okay, But if you were anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th, basically uh, put you towards the electric chair, it seems, with her. You know, there are a couple cases where, in particular, the prosecution said, oh, you know, maybe not jail time for this. And those are the ones who are really going heavy handed. Yet in this particular case, she would like throw the book at him and give more time than the prosecution even suggested which is so rare. Usually, like, you end up somewhere between the prosecution and the defense. And yet she would exceed what the prosecution would do if it was somebody tried to basically January 6th. That's how she felt about the January 6th people. So this is someone that now is going to be, quote, fair somehow and preside 
over the case of Donald Trump? I don't think so. And then also you hear a little bit of background. She's appointed by Obama. And she also, by the way, uh, this to me is the biggest thing where she should be excluded because she worked for this law firm, Boys Schiller Flexner, uh, from 2002 until she was confirmed as a federal judge from 2014. So for 12 years, that is a law firm that has very deep ties to the Democratic Party and also to Hunter Biden. So what could go wrong there that she worked at a firm that is super close to the Biden family on so many different levels? I mean, this to me is downright reason that the judge should recuse herself or get excluded. There also should absolutely be a change of venue. There's no way that President Trump is going to get a fair trial. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks he could get a fair trial in Washington, D.C.? There's just no which way but loose. There's no way. And you look at even the history of the electorate there in the area of Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., 5.4% voted for Donald Trump, okay? I mean, in the 2020 uh, election, basically, the voter share that went to Trump. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like next to nobody voted for Donald Trump. New York County, you would think it'd be about the same, but it's actually better for Trump there, 12.3%. And then in Fulton County, Georgia, where the next one is expected to come in the next week or two, because the pylon continues, 26.2%. So there's no way that President Trump would ever get a fair trial. And you know that the special counsel, Jack Smith, knows it. That's why he's doing what he's doing. That's why, okay, we'll go to Florida. He had to do it in Florida because it was tied to Mar-a-Lago. And in his mind, he's thinking, okay, you know what? Uh, Maybe I need to have an insurance policy and let's bring it to D.C. Everyone who has been looking at the charges, and I've talked to so many people in the last 24 hours since obviously this news broke, There are so many details that they basically said, if you look at the indictment, it looks thin. It looks um, totally uh, inflated. They're using this one civil rights charge, conspiracy to basically defraud somebody's vote uh, and basically representation. That's like a KKK charge is basically it dates back to the KKK. Uh, And then, of course, that's what basically the Democrats I love using that analogy in any way that they can, it seems, against President Trump. I mean, it's just crazy. It is so crazy. So they're trying to find these archaic laws going back, trying to bring them in. And yet he's also not going after him for January 6th in terms of inflaming the riots and the protesters that day. Because he knows all they have to do is play that speech where it says patriotically and peacefully protest. Please go there patriotically, peacefully. So, I mean, that diffuses it all. But there are so many questions tonight, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on where you see all of this headed. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here first off is Professor Alan Dershowitz, the great constitutional scholar. And this is his thoughts about this judge and her conflicts of interest. She's the worst possible judge to sit on a case like this. This case must have a judge who is beyond reproach. This is a woman who was trained at the Boyshilla firm. The Boyshilla firm, in my view, is the most corrupt firm among any large firm. I got them recused not so long ago from a case because of a conflict of interest. 
There was another case in which the chief judge in the Southern District said the conflict was so clear that even a first year student should see it. Over and over again, this firm has been charged with uh, essentially corruption. And this is a woman who learned at the feet of these lawyers and was in the firm when they represented Barisma and represented Hunter Biden. She is the worst possible judge to sit on this case in the worst possible district. This is the most extreme anti-Trump district in the United States. And so the case should be moved to Virginia, West Virginia, and taken and put in front of a different judge. And it is so obvious in this case that even Ron DeSantis, uh, who's been taking some jabs of late against President Trump, because, of course, he's trying to topple President Trump, who is killing him in the polls. DeSantis has been dropping and Trump has been rising in the polls. Uh, but as you see this, DeSantis even says this is so transparent that this is all political. Uh, listen to what he had to say, basically saying, if you're a Republican, they throw the book at you. Here is Ron DeSantis. Reality is uh, a Republican, a D.C. jury would indict a ham sandwich and convict a ham sandwich if it was a Republican ham sandwich. I think uh, Americans need to be able to remove cases out of D.C. I think the juries are stacked. I think that they're going to want to convict people that they disagree with. Or at a minimum, you should be able to draw a jury pool from across the entire country. That is really uh, what's at stake in terms of do we have a single standard of justice uh, or do we have a track of justice where if you're connected to the swamp, you get off, whether it's Hunter Biden, whether it was the guy Durham tried to prosecute, uh, or are we going to live under a single rule of law? And I think we have to reestablish a single rule of law in this country. Be nice to have a single equal standard because, boy, it sure does not look that way tonight. And this is amazing because the media does play a role here. The media hadn't really covered. If you look at the whole NBC Nightly News, I was astounded the day that Devin Archer testified. And remember, there were leaks already that came out, even from the Democratic side, that essentially said, well, guess what? Um, you know, yeah, he did talk about putting Biden on the speakerphone. But of course, the Democrats said, well, he was just calling to say how nice the weather was, you know, all of that stuff. Right. But regardless of that, it was devastating testimony, even by the Democrats. Obviously, the Republicans had a very different interpretation and we're supposed to get that transcript any day now. So hopefully that will all come to fruition and we'll see what it is. But they didn't even cover it. NBC Nightly News did not even touch it in their entire half-hour newscast. It was like breaking news. And I thought, okay, they're going to lead with it. And no, it was like uh, about a pigeon in Idaho or something like that. You know, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. But it's that vacuum of where they're showing what they want to show and what they don't want to show. And listen to this. This is Michael Betchloss. He's a well-known historian. Uh, He's clearly not a Trump fan. Because he seems to put these great exaggerations every time Trump gets indicted. Uh, he basically suggests, you know, the electric chair for him. Um, but here is Michael Betchloss. You, and this is amazing. He's on MSNBC, you know, presented as sort of a fair, unbiased historian, no-nonsense historian. And listen to what he says, basically, what Trump has done is worse than, it's worse than any other moment, basically, in history. You have to hear this one to believe it. From time to time, America faces threats from monsters who want to destroy our democracy. 
That happened in 1861 with the Confederacy. Abraham Lincoln and, you know, northern soldiers and northern voters came to our rescue, saved the Union. The same thing happened in 1933. Almost at the last minute, Franklin Roosevelt came to power, saved our economic system. Pearl Harbor, 1941, we were bombed. Our system was very much in danger. Our democracy, many people were giving it up and saying that, you know, the, the democracy had seen its last days. Franklin Roosevelt helped to put a coalition together at the last minute to save democracy and freedom around the world. 9-11, 2001, Osama bin Laden and other terrorists hated our democracy, tried to destroy it. You see where I'm going. What we see in this indictment is that on January 6, 2021, Donald Trump, just like those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system, to take away our rule of law, came very close to doing it, to take away our system of elections, to take away our tradition of peaceful transfer of power to a new elected president. It almost happened. That is incredible. I'm actually like speechless because that is incredible that he actually, with a straight face, said that this is basically this moment in history. It's basically like or worse than uh, the Confederacy, uh, Pearl Harbor, 9-11 and Osama bin Laden. He's basically equating Trump to Osama bin Laden. By the way, he did leave out. Um, obviously, the importance of Abraham Lincoln saving the union. He left out the fact uh, that Abe Lincoln, who I think was such an unbelievably incredible, great president, he was a Republican. You left that part out, Michael Betchloss. I mean, this is that is an that is what an exaggeration. But that is what you hear on MSNBC. We're going to take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Is Donald Trump like the kamikaze pilots in Pearl Harbor or Osama bin Laden? What a preposterous comment. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. So based on this crazy historian on MSNBC, Michael Beschloss, he seems to equate President Trump. He says basically monsters in history. And he recites, of course, those who attacked Pearl Harbor, uh, the Confederacy, Osama bin Laden, and basically Trump's one of them, too. Uh, Boy, is this guy over the top. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Do you think he actually believes it? Do you think he actually is like so like often like left field in more ways than one that he doesn't see the forest for the trees and the timing and the politics of this? 1-800-848-9222. 
Uh, let's go to Norm. Line five. Norm, your thoughts about all this? My thoughts are, um, do I think he believes it? Uh, I, I don't know, but he's towing the line of his of, of the MSNBC masters who basically tell him, uh, you know, you, you, you can't write anything uh, positive about President Trump. And uh, how sad is that? I mean, how sad that he would actually equate him to some of the worst monsters. I'll agree with him that those others are monsters in history. You know, I mean, come on. Right. But what bothers me more is when uh, so-called conservative um, media outlets like The New York Post and Fox News, what bothers me more is when they turn on President Trump. Because we have so few, uh, we have we have so few outlets that that I feel speak fairly, like WABC Radio, and 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 I, today I just let you know I composed a letter to the editor, <laughs> to the New York Post. Ah, what does he say? Uh, what, Jack, what's Jack, the essence? Don't read it to me. But what's the, the essence? The essence is leave President to stop the biased. Stop the bias against President Trump. And if they continue it, I will stop buying the newspaper and supporting them in any way. And I'm a longtime reader. And uh, and by the way, Jacqueline of Brooklyn, that's uh, helped me compose it. Thank you, Jacqueline. And um, yeah, I mean, it just it bothers me. I mean, they used if you the print. The print they used on today's New York Post, I mean, I think they dra- it was the same print that they dragged out when, uh, you know, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, Hitler invaded Poland. I mean, I, I just I just see uh, it's I never saw such large print. And they used a, they used a, 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 a dejected looking photo of, of President Trump looking downward. Well, and, just, and Norm, you hit, I don't know, you hit it I don't on the know head. what's going on with them. You know, you hit it on the head that the, the role that the media can have. And when they've decided uh, whatever media it is to pick a candidate or who they don't want for whatever reason, um, just the way that things can be skewed and presented. Uh, and, and it is. It's downright frightening. It never used to be that way um, where things were so transparent for one side or the other. Uh, that that's a really powerful statement, Norm. Let's go to Roberta real quick. Roberta, line one, your thoughts about the media. Norm hit it on the head I, in terms of the media's role. I, I just, uh, I, I, well, first of all, Murdoch owns the Post and uh, Fox News, and supposedly he's anti-Trump, so I can understand that, though, you know, it's all of a sudden, as he's, he's put them in a worse light than before. And um, I, I, all this thing is, is I think, whoever's behind the scenes is, is uh, pulling the strings, and got the and got the FBI to to plant stuff in the Mar-a-Lago, and, and so this whole January sixth is a farce. Well, and you know what? A lot of people, if you look at the indictment, it looks like a farce. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. 
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Arizona, where Palos Park police officer, say that three times, Palos Park police officer, Ryan Frasnick, uh, was tubing down the Salt River in Arizona while on a family vacation earlier this month when he rescued an older gentleman from drowning. Frasnick said, it didn't phase me that much. It just felt natural. Krasnick shared that he and his wife went tubing on July 8th with four family members tying their tubes together. They started floating around 830 in the morning, but he said the water depth and current changed very rapidly. And about three hours into the trip, the current picked up even more at a bend of the river. Krasnick said that's when someone shouted out to him. I heard someone say he's gone. And all I could do was just dive straight into the water. It didn't even take one breath before I jumped in. Uh, he said that he felt around keeping his eyes closed so he wouldn't lose his contacts, and he suddenly felt a man's leg. Frasnick said that he was able to get a hold of his torso, bring him to the surface. One of Frasnick's family members also jumped in to help him, too, as well. They were able to bring the man, who was in his 70s, to shore and sat with him for about 30 minutes till he caught his breath to ensure that he was doing well. We were able to tell that he was okay. What a great, great story and how powerful that this officer who was just on vacation with his family, thank goodness he was right there at the right time to save this man in his 70s who was said to be doing okay and said to be fully recovered. What a great story. And it just shows that our men and women in blue are always working, even when they are on vacation. Well, we are talking, of course, about the fact that President Trump is going to be arraigned in a matter of hours uh, at the district court, at the federal court there in Washington, D.C. His arraignment is tomorrow. Uh, Speaking of law enforcement, there will be a lot of security, just like we saw when he came to New York for the Alvin Bragg case, just like we saw in Florida when he went there for the other case, the classified documents case. And so tomorrow is the case tied to the 2020 election. And if you look at the background of all of this, Basically, what Trump is going to say and what we've already been sort of hearing from all of his attorneys, because a number of them have been speaking out. I spoke with Joe Tacopina earlier tonight. And so most of it, it looks like we'll focus on the First Amendment. Two things. First, that he had a right to say whatever he believed and that he had a right to question the election. We go back to the Democrats. Lots of Democrats have questioned the election. Benny Thompson who was chair of the January 6th committee, questioned electors in 2020. Jamie Raskin also questioned electors in 2020 because they didn't like the fact, you know, that in other different cases, actually in 2016, there was a lot of more even once Hillary Clinton. I mean, you look at all these things, Benny Thompson in 2016 as well. I mean, it goes back and it goes back. And you could just see how many of these times where they questioned the legality of the vote. Stacey Abrams never conceded that she lost the first Georgia governor race. So there's a history here of Democrats questioning the process. There's also a history of Democrats interfering with the process. What about Hillary Clinton and all the Christopher Steele dossier? What about President Biden? When he diminished the Hunter Biden laptop, remember, said it's all it's Russian disinformation. Nothing to see there. Meanwhile, that was self-created. 
they knew, I'm sure at that point, the FBI certainly did, that it existed. I mean, it, it is all such malarkey. Why didn't they get charged with somehow interfering with the election? You could certainly say not knowing that the Hunter Biden laptop was real, which indeed it is, that not knowing that definitely impacted the election. There were a lot of voters who said they would have voted in a different way. So to me, it's malarkey. It is so crazy. Then go after all of them, charge all of them with some of the same things that they charge President Trump for. The other thing President Trump is going to do is he's going to say it was the advice of counsel, which is why they're trying to kind of go after these co-conspirators and say that they're co-conspirators are not counsel. Um, but they were counsel to the president. And a number of them have come out and said, yeah, this is what we told him. Uh, this is what we were looking at. We thought he had a logical path to look at it this way, to question electors this way, to look at it this way, to confirm that they they back him up. So far, I haven't heard anybody say that uh, Trump clearly believed that the election was legitimate and had no issues with it and thought the whole thing was made up. I haven't heard a single soul say that. And in fact, I bet you President Trump would take a lie detector test right now and pass for saying that he believes the election stolen. Anybody who hears him, even on the rally circuit, you hear him all over the place. He still talks about it to this day because he genuinely feels that he won. So there's a lot of issues here, but he can also say, I was taking advice from counsel. I was looking at the different history of the council and trying to go by their opinions, where they thought some legal things that were avenues that they thought I could explore. So all those things are actually pretty sound defenses. So why is Jack Smith doing it right now? I mean, to me, it looks so transparent. It is such a pylon, again, right before the debate. The first debate is later this month. How is this not election interference? Well, here is Andy McCarthy. Uh, Earlier today, he was on Katz and Cosby with me and John Katzimatidis. Of course, Andy uh, is a former uh, assistant U.S. attorney, and this is his view of the whole indictment as he read it from Jack Smith. Take a listen. Jack Smith came out and it was like two and a half minutes long. And he essentially uh, basically uh, to me, just as you said, was lumping Trump to the riot. Talk about the statement that you heard and just how you felt it was out of line. Yeah, I called it demagogic, Rita. And I think that's the right word for it, because, as you note, it was a very short statement. But he didn't talk about the charges that he brought. He talked about the Capitol riot and the uh and the security personnel and the police who were injured in the Capitol riot, the violence of the Capitol riot. That's not what his case is about. He doesn't charge Trump with that. So what is he doing? Trying to gin up a motion? Well, he's trying to do two things. He's trying to obviously taint the jury pool. Not that that requires much tainting in the district of Columbia. I don't think, Uh, but also this is the, this is the whole reason this case was brought in the first place. In fact, this is the whole reason Jack Smith exists as a special counsel. Remember, the Bidens do not have a special counsel, even though there's a raging conflict of interest between the Biden Justice Department trying to investigate the Biden family, if they were actually investigating it uh, for corruption. Garland has known for two and a half years that's a major conflict of interest. He has not brought he has not named a special counsel yet. He named one for Trump under circumstances where there's no conflict of interest 
between the Biden Justice Department and Trump. And he obviously did that for the political reason that he wants. He knew that Trump was going to say that Garland and Biden were using the criminal justice apparatus against him because he's the major competition in the election. So they brought Smith in so that they could pretend they don't have anything to do with this. Which is just one big mirage. Uh, And listen to this. This is interesting. This is Vice President Pence, the former vice president. Of course, he and President Trump have been at odds on so much of uh, January 6th. Uh, Pence, it looks like, may have just qualified for the debates because he had the 40,000. You have to have 40,000 basically sort of small donors, if you will. Um, And it looks like he got that. You have to have, I think, one to three percent, at least one percent in the polls and separate polls. Uh, that's not a very high bar. And he met that. He just got in. He was uh, looks like number eight to get in to the debates, which, again, is August uh, 23rd. Uh, but this is his view of everything. Take a listen, because he is trying to take some swipes at Trump today. This is Vice President Pence talking about the new indictment. Let's be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, the president uh, specifically asked me and his gaggle of, uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, to, which would have resulted in, uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives and literally chaos would have ensued. So, oh, Martha, I just uh, people people can read the indictment. And frankly, I, I, I've said before, I, I had hoped it had not come to this point. You know, I, I don't know if the government can meet the standard, the burden of proof beyond reasonable doubt for criminal charges. But the American people deserve to know uh, that President Trump uh, and his advisors uh, didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, essentially to overturn the election uh, and to keep faith with the oath that I made to the American people and to Almighty God. Uh, I rejected that out of hand and I did my duty that day. So he is trying to create a little bit of a wedge now that he knows he's going to get into that debate and he's got to try to do anything he can at this point to topple Trump because he is so far ahead of everybody else. Uh, And yet there are many people who are not Trump fans who say he had a right to question it. And how is that different than Benny Thompson? How is that different than Hillary Clinton? How is that different Uh, than others who have said that elections were illegitimate or electors needed to be checked. A number of them have said that. Uh, How is that different? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line two. Mike, your thoughts about all this? Well, you know, here's another episode in this uh, political, uh, uh, you know, a circus that we have going on, Rita. It's Donald Trump, you know, getting indicted. And that that uh, Democrat who spoke about equating Donald Trump to Osama bin Laden, uh, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, you know, outrageous. And, and you know, you were saying, uh, Rita, about uh, MSNBC. I call that network the, uh, uh, the racist Al Sharpton network. That's what I call it. And, uh, you know, it is so outrageous. You know, January 6th with Donald Trump. What about the looting and the arson and the murder that went on in the streets of our great country, our once great country? No, that you was, a, but, Mike, that. you have that all wrong. That was a peaceful protest. 
You know, I, I mean, no, the, I'm, I'm being facetious, but that's what right. that's how they portray it. Like that was Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Hold hands and let's sing that song Kumbaya. And you brought it out, Rita. And, you know, uh, Abe Lincoln, people forget he was a Republican, one of the greatest presidents. And now you're trying to equate Donald Trump with one of the monsters in history. And what about Hillary? Like he said, uh, you know, and, and, and Chucky Schumer, the list goes on and on. The Democrats can do whatever the frig they want. And I can't wait until this Biden and his crackhead son, Biden, will be impeached. Well, and, and, and by the way, just, that may be coming, Mike. Do you think that that's coming soon? I hope. I hope it does, Rita, because in my 69 years, you know, I've never seen. And, you know, with your, your resume in, in the arena of politics, this has to be shocking to you and many others as well. It's, you know, you, uh, you just can't make it up. Yeah, and no. I, and, Mike, you're right. This is so highly unusual. I, I mean, I can't think of another moment you know, we had obviously the Clinton impeachment years ago, but, you know, after that, you know, I guess with Trump, nothing is surprising. They just hate him and they are obviously fearful of him because they worry that he could definitely get elected. I don't think they're worried about any of the other Republicans on the roster. You know, I don't think they're worried about DeSantis. I don't think they're worried about uh, Mike Pence or Chris Christie or any of those people. They are clearly worried about Trump. And to me, this shows just desperation. I, I think that that's what that epitomizes. But I've never seen anything like this, Mike. And the fact that tomorrow we're going to see a president uh, arraigned for a third time. And now you still also have Georgia looming, you know, which, again, it could come in the next week or two. I, I mean, it, it, it really is. It's almost it's like uh, indictment overload. <laughs> you, know? I, I, you know, it's like, oh, another day, another indictment. It used to be what? Oh, my God. It, it would be like this far off thought if somebody said they were going to indict a former president. Now it's like par for the course. You know, when it's Trump, it's like, again, I keep going saying they're going to try to find out if he jaywalked when he was like six years old and they're going to throw the book at him for that. I saw somewhere uh, today it was in one of the media. They said for the charges that he has now. He could get over 500 years in prison. But I have a feeling, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's so absurd. I have to laugh. Um, but it's like, I have a feeling they're going to go, oh, that's not enough. We got to get a thousand years. We got to come up with something that'll be a thousand years. Uh, because they're just trying to hope that even one count sticks. And remember, guys, there's still a good chance he could pardon himself. If he gets voted, at least on the federal charges, he can't on the state, but on the federal charges, he could technically pardon himself. He could be sitting in a jail cell and still running for president. I mean, that this is, you know, that is the way the law goes. They'll try to change it. They'll try to see what they can do. Uh, but that is the law. This is this is truly an unbelievable uh, historic moment and an incredible uh, just it's staggering, Mike, that it is staggering to see this happen to American justice and the way that politics has just infused on it in such a criminal, despicable way. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls on this eve of another Trump arraignment right after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, new details, by the way, about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, Somehow Hunter Biden, in an email, was advising Devin Archer, you know, the guy who testified this week, to use a burner phone. That's what, like, uh, the Gilgo killer was using. (laughs) And that's what cartels use. That's what drug dealers use. Isn't that odd? And it was right before they were going to visit the big guy at the White House. What does that say to you? That, oh, make sure you use a burner phone. Uh, No trace of that one. Uh, That sounds awfully suspicious. And a lot of new details on that, which we'll talk about after the break. Also, New York City, uh, good old sanctuary city, New York City. The mayor is now saying uh, things are going to go downhill from here about the migrants. I feel like going downhill from here. That's like, okay, we're in like the bottom of the bottom of the basement. And now we're going to go even lower. I mean, they are overrunning. They're sleeping in cardboard boxes outside the Roosevelt Hotel, which is supposed to be an asylum center. And now they're talking about putting big tents up in Central Park and also soccer fields. They're planning on using soccer fields, a big one in Randall's Island in New York. Uh, They're trying to look at basically 3,000 sites. Isn't this amazing? 3,000 sites are on the table uh, for potential locations because there's, quote, no more room at the inn. They've basically used every hotel room that they basically can use. So tourists don't even have any place to stay in New York. And I'd love to know the accounting of what's happening to our American citizens. I'm talking about like homeless veterans and how many different homeless Americans you see on the streets of New York. And this is a problem across this country. Why are we not prioritizing those people? Why didn't we give those people free hotel rooms? I mean, this is just insane. This is the definition of insanity. And it's $8 million a day just in New York alone. And it's happening in so many cities across this nation and what's going on in New York. Now they're saying, oh, you know, President Biden, we need more money. What about President Biden? We need to shut the border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vinny. Line two. Vinny, your thoughts about all this. Hey, how are you, Rita? Good night. Um, this whole thing with Trump and Biden, every time they get closer to Hunter Biden or Joe Biden with something that really has bite, all of a sudden on the news, not minutes later, oh, we just found something else on Trump. They're trying to divert every single time they get really close to try to move something over to Donald Trump to bring him up on some more charges. No, you're right. The timing is so transparent. You are so right. Vinny, thank you very much. Great points. Let's go to Teddy. Line three. Ted, your thoughts. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I Obviously, you know, I'm going to disagree. And you, you just put me on as a little token compared to with Norm and BJ and the regular crew. Uh, let uh, me just that's this. not true. But go ahead, Ted. Uh, OK, I hope you give me an opportunity to express myself without just cutting me off. And then you talk and you monopolize it. And I don't Ted, get on. Ted, I, Ted, please do that. OK, Ted, do me just a favor. Please. Ted, do me a favor. Get to the point. OK. 
Trump is as guilty as his dark outside. Jack Smith is a brilliant, brilliant lawyer. And I heard Lawrence Tribe also, whom you will conveniently ignore, okay? Another Harvard constitutional expert. Besides your Alan Dershowitz, who I've lost a lot of respect for, okay? You never talk about what Lawrence Tribe says, and you never have him as a guest on Cats and Crosby, okay? So I just wanted to bring that up, and I'm just wondering why. And my last point is this. I would never go to Poland because Cardinal Glimp wanted to put a convent on the grounds of the Jewish dead at Auschwitz, and you never bring that up. I would never go to Poland. All right, Teddy, 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 you're like, I'm not even sure what you're talking about on that one. On the last one, uh, what that has to do with, I'm not sure what you're drinking tonight. Uh, I'd be happy to put Lawrence Tribe on, although he clearly seems to have an agenda where Dershowitz, you don't know where he's going to go. He's a Democrat, by the way. You may not know that. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. I your perfume smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And in a matter of hours, President Trump again will be in court. I mean, it's unbelievable. So the big question tonight everybody's asking is, where is justice in America? You look at the situation with the Biden family and Joe Biden, who is on a bike, not falling down so far as we know this time, but he's hanging out in Rehoboth, uh, cycling around town. Happy, happy, happy. Another indictment against my big political opponent. Uh, I mean, it really is just an incredible moment. And this comes after what I thought was really devastating testimony uh, that we heard uh, that came out, at least so far, from Devin Archer. And as we're hearing more and more details about Devin Archer and the Hunter Biden issue, it really just it just stinks to high heaven. It really, really stinks. Uh, Of course, Devin Archer saying that the Bidens Joe Biden in particular was on a speakerphone 20 times, including at a dinner at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C., 20 times when there were many business associates there, including also the head of Burisma. I mean, what what kind of a father says, oh, yeah, son, go ahead and put me on speakerphone. I know I'm vice president of the United States. And that sure sounds like a uh, Ukrainian accent. An Eastern European accent. I'm not really sure where that's from, but I'll just be happy to say hi to you and talk to you and everything. I mean, that is so reckless and it's just inconceivable. It is completely unbelievable and inconceivable. And now in the last few hours, we're also getting word that Hunter Biden uh, basically advised Devin Archer. And this is shown through some written communication that Devin Archer put out. That he basically said, hey, get a burner phone. You're going to be meeting my dad. Get a burner phone. Now, I bring that up because a burner phone is basically what drug dealers use. Drug dealers and also the cartels use because they don't want to be traced. They know that, you know, officials might be tracing them, trying to track them down. 
Those are those disposable phones that the Gilgo killer was using when he was calling the girls the prostitutes, the call girls, the escorts on Craigslist. I mean, this is just so crazy. It really, really is crazy. So if you're not doing anything fishy, why do you need a burner phone to go meet with the then vice president of the United States? It defies logic. And now we're finding out that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, remember, he's consistently said up until a week or two ago that he has never heard about any business with his son. They changed it again to never in business with his son, which is obviously a very distinct difference. But either way, Joe Biden's repeatedly on videotape saying doesn't know anything about business with his son, never talked to his son about business, always had a wall, never discussed anything whatsoever, doesn't know any of his business partners, never met him. Now, we know that Devin Archer, who was one of his big business partners, he met the president many times when he was vice president. He went to the White House. Uh, We know that for a fact. We've seen him in pictures golfing. There he is golfing. With, of course, President, Vice President Biden, now President Biden. But there's also a letter that's just come about. And this was released uh, not too long ago. And then Vice President Joe Biden uh, told his son, Hunter's former business associate, Devin Archer, the guy who spoke to Congress this week in early 2011, that he was, quote, happy that the two were partners and a postscript to a note, he thanked Archer for attending a lunch with the visiting Chinese president. So, right, you want us to believe he doesn't know anything about the business relationship? He says, I apologize for not getting a chance to talk to you at the luncheon yesterday. I was having trouble getting away from hosting President Hu. Um, also, I hope I get a chance to see you again. I hope you enjoyed the lunch. Thanks for coming. And then he puts in a postscript, P.S. Happy you guys are together, which is an apparent reference to their relationship on Burisma and also this Rosemont Seneca Partners investment firm. I mean, you know, happy you guys are together. They just launched in business and they're at the dinner with President Who. Doesn't that surely sound like a conflict of interest? You've got a son who is capitalizing on all this business who is, and he? you have a president who says that he's never discussed business with his son. There you got in writing him thanking the business partner. I'm so glad you guys are together. Basically glad you were at the lunch yesterday with Chinese president who now we know that Hunter profited handily from the Chinese firms. I mean, this, there's, this is like, it just stinks. So here is Congressman James Comer talking about the Hunter Biden investigation and the Joe Biden investigation. I think the American people see what's going on, whether or not this is a weaponized Department of Justice trying to divert attention away from Biden corruption or whether they're trying to take out their chief top political opponent in the upcoming election. The American people see through this. And uh, this is a sad day for the rule of law. And it's a sad day for the justice system in America. And he's talking about clearly also what happened with Trump and the contrast between President Trump and what's happening to him and now in this case. But the irony of it all, if you listen to the Democrats, this is how they describe basically everything with Hunter Biden. They make it sound like, oh, it's just a private detail, not a big deal, nothing to see there. Uh, Listen to what Congressman Dan Golden had to say 
uh, Goldman on Sunday night, or actually rather it's Monday on uh, CNN. And this is what he has to say. This is him trying to do damage control. This is the guy who came out, remember, afterwards and said, oh, they just talked about the weather. Uh, and here he is on CNN with Anderson Cooper, basically saying there's nothing to see there with Devin Archer, nothing there whatsoever. Listen to this one. Let's remember what we're talking about. We're talking about a private citizen. The question here is not what Hunter Biden did. The question is what President Joe Biden did, if anything. And all of the evidence that we have gotten to date, including today, is an indication that Joe Biden did nothing, nothing, not even approximating improper, much less wrong or illegal. There is no evidence linking Joe Biden to anything related to Hunter Biden. And in fact, the evidence that we got today is confirmation, Anderson that the only official action Joe Biden took in connection with any of that was connected to any of Hunter Biden's businesses was to urge the prosecutor general to be fired from Ukraine. And Devin Archer, the witness today, said that Burisma, on whose board he sat with Hunter Biden, did not want that prosecutor general fired because he was, quote, under their control, unquote. So the only official action here that is at issue actually went counter to what Hunter Biden's business interests might be. This investigation, Anderson, needs to end, and it needs to end now because what we're doing is badgering a private citizen and there's no legitimate legislative purpose at all. Right. Hunter Biden is just some sweet little guy who happened to get tens of millions of dollars uh, and had to reveal this week that indeed he was making money from China and indeed he was making money from Burisma. Uh, nothing to see there whatsoever for a guy who has no experience. And we just heard from the business partner that they were buying the brand, that whenever anybody was involved in Joe Biden was the brand and they put him on the speakerphone. And suddenly Joe Biden has these amazing houses. He's got a very expensive house in Wilmington, he's got a very expensive house in Rehoboth Beach. He also is was renting a house, by the way, in Virginia right after he got out of the vice presidency. He was renting, I think it was Al Haig's old house in McLean, Virginia. And it was like twenty to $25,000 a month. How do you pay for that with like $140,000 salary, basically, from a vice president? Someone who's been a politician his entire life, Jill is an educator, remember? There's a phrase in the basically investigation sphere. They call it lifestyle, a lifestyle investigation, where you go, wait a minute, this person is wearing diamonds and they were a janitor. So how how is that possible? So I think you can maybe make a lifestyle case, and that is clearly where a lot of people would be looking right now with all the money that's sent. And suddenly, again, in 2017, he miraculously has $10 million that he declares on taxes, but he doesn't say where he got it from. That's Joe Biden. That is serious, serious stuff. So here is President Trump. Uh, this is his attorney, John Loro, who is working with him on all the January 6th stuff. And listen to what he has to say about the double standards in America. You just heard all that evidence, all the things about Joe Biden. You've got also the FBI informant who also says the Burisma guy told him repeatedly XXX. You got all those things. And yet they are going after President Trump for these ambiguous charges, which is ambiguous at best. 
this new round of charges. And the attorney for Trump, John Loro, says this is clearly targeted persecution. Take a listen. No sitting president has ever been criminally charged for his views, for taking a position. And by the way, is there any doubt there's two systems of justice in the United States? Was Hillary Clinton prosecuted for the Russian hoax? Were, were those individuals who said, don't worry about the Biden, uh, the, the Biden laptop because it's just Russian disinformation? Are they being prosecuted? No. Only one person in America is being prosecuted for his political beliefs. And that should send a chill, a warning to every single American who one day wants to get up and say, this is what I believe in. I disagree with the Biden administration, but these are the beliefs I have, because every person who does that now is subject to a potential criminal case. Really an incredible moment in history and to completely different handling of the case. Nothing to see there on the uh, Democratic side. Nothing to see there whatsoever. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, amazingly, New York City is busting at the seams. And they're looking at, for these illegal migrants that they're spending $8 million a day, Uh, They're looking at a whole bunch of places, including Central Park and also Randall's Island, the soccer area. They're planning on, like, taking over a soccer field. All I got to say is don't anger the soccer moms. We saw the impact that had on the elections in the past. But they're looking at apparently thousands of sites because they have no more room in their free hotel rooms that they're giving to the migrants. How is this justice for American citizens? And who do you blame for all of this? Now these Democrats are basically protesting outside of City Hall in New York City saying, you know, Biden, you got to help us. Give us more money so we can take care of more migrants. What do they want to start building skyscrapers or something? Why are we not prioritizing and giving it to our American citizens? And how can you justify spending $8 million a day and ask for more money? And then not even say, close the the border. Close the border. Where is that shout? We're going to get into that after the break, because to me, it is just such a bunch of hypocrites. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, as we're talking about hypocrites, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, had to sign off on this latest indictment. That was against President Trump tied to the 2020 elections, January 6th, all that stuff. Uh, and yet you've heard nothing from the special counsel that supposedly is even interviewing Biden on the classified documents that he never should have had because he was a senator. 
and you haven't heard a single thing about suggesting and even an appointment of a special counsel or anything on all this stuff with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the business deals. I mean, there's ample stuff there and you don't hear anything. Merrick Garland, I think, has been the most shameful, most highly politically charged attorney general I have ever seen. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line two. BJ, your thoughts. Well, you kind of topped it off, Rita. Thanks for having me on. Uh, You know, the Biden of Brooklyn is doing uh, to New York what the Biden of the White House is doing to the country. He decided that he was going to call himself the Biden of Brooklyn to uh, make reference to the fact that he wants to go to the White House one day. So he's at our expense. He invited in all of these uh, illegal aliens, tens of thousands of them that have no place to stay, that have no means of uh, supporting themselves, that have no means of assimilating. And he's he's just dumped them all over the place because he's run out of places to put them. Now he's turning all our tourist destinations into uh, reclamation centers for these people. And you asked, who do I blame? Well, you know, I don't know if blame is a good word, but who I hold responsible are addle-brained voters like uh, Stan from Forest Hills and that other addle-brain uh, math teacher that calls in, Freddie or whatever his name is. He's the one. He, it's people like this that shouldn't be allowed to vote because they vote to destroy our country every time you give them the opportunity. They vote these people in. And once you vote people like Eric Adams, and they never go away. The same with this idiot congresswoman, AOC. You vote them in, they stay there. They're like, uh, I don't know, they're like weeds or something. They just can't be voted out. And, and so, by the way, by the way, Adams, you know, BJ Adams, I'm I'm glad that at least he's complaining, but I wish he would also say, shut the border to, to yeah. Biden. I mean, you know, it's like, where where are all the Democrats, including the mayor, should be getting out there and saying, here's a solution. Here's what would save a lot of money. Just close the border. I mean, that's a good start. You still got to figure out where all the millions are across America that were shouldn't, you know, that were let in and not vetted. But at least it would be a good start. I, I, it is. You can't say you're a sanctuary city and then say, oh, why are they all here? You know, I mean, it's like uh, uh, the hypocrisy is rife. Uh, BJ, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Sal. Uh, Sal, your thoughts about all this and also uh, the Trump indictment that's going to come tomorrow with him charged and arraigned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, hi, hello, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to say concerning Beschloss, Beschloss and all these other progressive leftists, they have no, they have no morals. They, they always equate the United States with what, what we do with China and Russia and Nazi Germany and everything. They, 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 never, they never had a sense of what's right and wrong. They never had a sense of American exceptionalism, of, of what made America so special and so moral and so morally superior to all other countries. Yeah, no, that, that's an interesting point. By the way, uh, speaking of foreign countries, uh, don't you feel like uh, we look like a banana republic? These other countries are like, uh, God, I thought uh, Russia was bad. You know, they're looking at our justice system, Sal, and they're laughing real quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's a sad, sad place to be, by the way. Um, but you're right. How dare they say uh, that this is like, you know, that. Trump is like ISIS was basically his equivalent. That was shocking. 
and shameful on so many levels. We'll continue your calls and also talk about the migrants after the break, guys. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from Chevy Chase, Maryland, where a 103-year-old woman was honored there as the oldest living female Marine in the United States. The women's Memorial, Military Women's Memorial, awarded World War II veteran Betty Prince Sims with the Living Legends Certificate. Boy, did she earn this. After the attack on Pearl Harbor, which Michael Beschloss knows a lot about, well, Sims joined the Marines where she was a fixed gunnery instructor. She taught men how to shoot while flying. And in fact, she held and maintained a position which was very rare for women to hold at that time. Uh, when asked what did all this mean to her to serve her country, veteran Sims responded by saying to do whatever I could do, whatever it may be. If it's taking out the garbage, I'll do it. At the event, she not only received the Living Legends Honor Certificate, she also got to meet a Marine Canine Connection Therapy dog that was named after her. So what a beautiful tribute uh, to a remarkable woman, again, a 103-year-old woman who is believed to be the oldest living female Marine in this great country. Bravo to her and, of course, all of our great World War II veterans, uh, part of the greatest generation. Well, there's no other way to put it. Things are a mess in New York City. And guess what? They're a mess in so many other major cities across this country. Case in point, in New York, it is busting at the seams. There's over 100,000 illegal migrants in New York City, and that's because there was basically a big old neon sign saying, hey, it's a sanctuary city, come here, we're going to give you free food, we're going to give you a free cell phone, we're going to give you free health care, we're going to give you a free hotel room. So why would they not want to come here? So guess what? Now, New York City is busting at the seams. The Roosevelt Hotel, which is basically the asylum center, the point of contact when they all come to New York City, the processing center, if you will, is so overrun that reporters and others that have been out there at this Midtown Hotel location, they say there's like dozens right now, and there'll probably be a lot more come tomorrow of these illegal migrants that are camped out right outside the hotel in cardboard boxes, literally lined up and down this Manhattan street. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is like a third world nation. And then we now have the mayor of New York City saying things are going to go downhill from here as if they're not downhill already when it comes to the migrants. New York City is paying $8 million a day. Taxpayers are paying for it. What taxpayer said, gosh, I can't wait to pay more for migrants 
And what about the American citizens, the homeless veterans that we see on so many streets of New York City? Why is all the attention on the migrants? And shouldn't we be putting American citizens first? Why are they not getting free hotel rooms? I mean, there's so many serious questions tonight. And now we're hearing that they're looking at so many locations because there's just not space at the end. So they're looking at maybe doing a tent city in Central Park. That's really going to be great for tourism. And also Randall's Island, which has a soccer field. They are talking about maybe they originally had like tents there, remember, a while ago at a huge expense. They took them down. Now they're thinking about putting them back up again and canceling the soccer and all the other things that were supposed to take place in that field, like 3,000 hours of athletics for kids. Oh, that's really nice. So you've got New Yorkers, you've got taxpayers who pay for these services to be able to use these parks and have recreation and activities for the kids, all that stuff. Now they're not going to be able to use the park. So you can imagine some angry soccer moms already going crazy. They are already so fed up. They are so frustrated and so angry at what is going on. They can't believe it. There's an option right there to take over a location where kids in town love to be able to use it for recreation. And you're suddenly going to overrun it with illegal migrants at a place that you originally had a tent set up. You dismantle the tent. Taxpayers paid for all that money. And now you're going to go back to it again. And you're wondering, gosh, why are they coming to New York City? Well, they're coming to New York City because you had a big blaring sign saying everything is free here. So come on in. We're a sanctuary city and we're a big place for freeloaders. We're a big place for freebies. And guess what? We'll basically put you before American citizens. That's what it seems like it is. It's crazy. I would love to see some Democrats with some cojones that would actually go to President Biden and not just ask for money to get more migrants, but actually say, would you close the border? Because maybe that's a good place to start. Because guess what? They're going to keep on coming. They're going to keep on coming. You don't have enough skyscrapers in New York City to put them up. You don't have enough parks to put them up. Where is this going to end? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Here is Mayor Eric Adams, first off saying, boy, uh, things aren't so bad, but they're going to go down really quick. Listen to this analogy. If you go outside the Roosevelt Hotel, things are already downhill. Here is Mayor Eric Adams. We need help, and it's, it's not going to get any better. Uh, from from this moment on, is downhill. Uh, there is no more room. There is no more room. Well, there was no more room before. And then you basically put them as a priority above American citizens. And now they're looking again at Central Park. They're looking at Randall's Island to take away the soccer and recreation from kids. And here's another doozy that just came out in the last few hours. New York City college students are going to help thousands of migrants file for asylum under a new city partnership. They're going to be partnering with NYU, Columbia University, a couple different universities, uh, their social work programs to help migrants navigate the complicated process of seeking asylum to help them fill out their asylum claims. So what could go wrong? 
let's think there's some female student and the guy who shows up is an MS-13 member. You don't know who these people are. They're not vetted. They're mostly single adult males. What could go wrong there? Do you see where I'm going with this? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What a mess. What a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Let's go to Jerry, line one. Jerry, your thoughts about this. This is like, uh, this is so ridiculous that, oh, President Biden, we need more money. And then they're upset that they're not getting more money when they created the problem. Rita, I learned just today from a very good source uh, that is absolutely credible and believable. It's nothing that people don't know, but it really hit home with me. I know a person that had to come from South America and they came here illegally recently, very recently, and they had to pay $10,000 to get from Central America all the way up to the cartels, all the way up to the border. When you get to the border, you have to pay the American side of the cartels $6,000. So it costs $16,000 to come here if you don't want to be enslaved. So think of all the people. They have to rape their way up. In other words, the women have to, and sometimes even the men, children, boys, and little girls, they have to be raped multiple times in order to pay that if they don't have the money just to get here. When they get here, they put in slavery, sexual slavery also often. So this is very, very bad what Biden and his administration is doing to people. You know, uh, J- you know, Jerry, you, you hit a great point because they say, oh, well, it's not humane. They they were complaining uh, about the buoys in Texas, you know, the temporary buoys, temporary border, uh, as if that was not humane. Um, and, and now I, you, you are absolutely correct. As horrible as what's happening that you're talking about is it is the truth that they are spending so much money and these cartels are taking advantage of these people. Um, and I don't blame them for wanting to come to this country. It's a great country and they're hearing free opportunities and free this and free that. Um, I don't blame them for wanting to come here, but it's not humane to put them in this cartel uh, revolving door and these horrible things that are indeed happening to kids and women um, on, on both sides of the border by these cartels. It is so horrible, so dreadful. If they really cared, they would say stop. Rita, could I make one point also? It's sort of a little related to Trump in the last hour that we spoke about First Amendment protection rights. Yep, sure. Go ahead. It's a very interesting law that a lot of people have forgotten about. It was called the Child Online Protection Act of 2004, signed by Bush into law, passed by the Congress and the Senate. And it said that pornography could not be on the Internet. The Supreme Court said that is a compelling reason to have written a law like that. However... First Amendment rights to free speech in the form of pornography, you know how bad some of that stuff is online, is too important. And it's not the least restrictive way to have a law like that because there could be a child filter, even though we know it's a compelling reason for children. So are you telling me that when Trump, when he wants to protect the right to vote and to check whether election is fraudulent or not. And he's got the most political protection. I mean, the most free speech right protection because he has strict scrutiny because he's a politician. It's even above the press and he's the president. So at these levels to say that pornography 
has a right to be online, even though we know children need protection because there's a least restrictive method. Certainly there's a least restrictive method other than trying to prosecute Trump. The least restrictive method was Nancy Pelosi had to protect the Capitol with the, in case some rioters got out of hand and they weren't protesters like Trump protect himself. He said the two things. He's not a clear and present danger. Trump said those two things. He said, peaceful and patriotic. And he, he said to Nancy Pelosi, get the National Guard there. That's the least restrictive means you have the National Guard protect the place, but you don't censor the speech because political speech is how we get to the truth in this country. And and by the way, I 1000%, I think the whole, you know, uh, you know, First Amendment right is going to weigh so heavily. And I do think it is going to help in Trump's favor. And and you, you brought up you brought up the pornography, Jerry, that that's a powerful point. Also, uh, let's go right even to and I brought this up earlier. All these other Democrats who've contested the election, contested electors. I mean, they've done uh, very similar to Trump. Um, you can make the case and they're fine. So, I mean, um, you, you make some really Really superb points. And you're right. And that's an extreme case, as you're talking about with pornography. But you're right. They rule that it is, you know, it is First Amendment. So uh, I think he's got a lot of compelling cases, which just make this case, I think, very thin for the prosecution, especially of all the different cases they have out there. Uh, Jerry, thank you. Some great points tonight. It was wonderful. You got to call back again. You're terrific. Uh, Let's go to let's go to Lynn. Line three. Lynn, your thoughts. Rita, how's it going? Love your program. Uh, you know, recently the uh, mayor signed a bill into law in regards to the lithium-ion batteries and to, uh, in regards to plastic and recycling. You know, when the city was first founded, I don't think the founding fathers of the city thought about these things. Now that these things are issues, uh, I'm glad to see the lawmakers are taking appropriate action. I don't understand why the city council and the mayor and or the state legislature and the governor can't create a bill that's worse to the effect of once the number of people that enter the shelter system exceed maybe 1% of the uh, population, that's it. There's no more room at the end. I think now it's time for our elected officials to take some bold steps, take some common sense steps, and it's inhumane to let these people keep coming here when we don't have room. I agree, and it's inhumane not just for them, but it's also inhumane for every citizen in, you know, in New York City. And again, it's happening in so many cities across this country. Uh, let's also go real quick to Carl, line two. Carl, your thoughts. Well, thank you, Rita, for taking my call. I and you know, I live in the Bronx and I I wanna I wanna tell you that I I haven't I used to work on Wall Street and in Midtown in the Chrysler building. I haven't been down in Manhattan in more than fifteen years. I'm right. afraid to go down. Let me I'm ask you, you know down. where the Roosevelt Hotel is, right? Yes. All right. So what do you think about now? It's cardboard city. I think it's horrible. I, 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 I wanted to tell you that uh, we need to get FEMA involved in this activity. Unfortunately, they only get involved under, under um, uh, a national emergency or um, martial law, but they have camps. FEMA has camps, at least one or more camps in every state. These camps, if they change the law, they can house all these migrants in most of these camps and these homeless people. And they can they they have they have uh, medical facilities. They have all the facilities on these camps. You know, the problem is, you know, the problem is you hit you hit the point, Carl. 
FEMA is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. That means the federals, uh, the federales would have to care about doing something. And they don't seem to care. They don't want to seem to a help cities like New York. I mean, here you have a Democratic mayor. You got a Democratic governor. They are pleading with the Biden administration. Hey, give us more money. Give us this. Give us that. They're basically saying, sorry, see ya. They gave him a liaison when they met with Mayorkas. I mean, it was such a slap in the face, which is ridiculous. Uh, I don't see them giving up any of these camps. Uh, they basically are saying, fend for yourselves, guys. Uh, they don't seem to want to care about doing anything, not just camps. Certainly, let's go right to the root of the problem again, Carl. They are not closing that border. That border has been so wide open and it's so frightening. We're going to feel the repercussions of what this administration has done for generations to come because they have literally allowed millions of Amer- millions of individuals into America that are unvetted. Millions upon millions that we have no idea who they are. Uh, and then you've got millions of gotaways. I mean, that is really scary. So I don't see them wanting to help in any shape or form. Use camps, use this, use that. That would have to be a concession. They're just kind of hoping the cities are going to somehow absorb them all and they're going to like miraculously stay under the radar. And uh, they can't. There's too many of them, as we're seeing in New York City. And your beloved Midtown is a mess now. I don't blame you for not wanting to come into the city these days. And that's sad. Uh, It really saddens me. Uh, 1-800-848-9222, and we'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. New York City, like many cities across America, busting at the seams. Now uh, college students are going to be recruited to help thousands of migrants file for asylum, uh, helping them. And again, most of them are single adult males, some of them with gang ties. Isn't that exactly what you'd like your little daughter Susie to be talking to? Uh, talking to, uh, what is that big tattoo there? What is that tattoo meaning uh, MS-13 mean on your arm? <laughs> wow, this is really getting crazy. And it is becoming uh, like a third world nation. We just talked about Midtown Manhattan. Any of you who have been there to New York City, you know what? Like Roosevelt Hotel is a legendary, iconic hotel. And now they are literally camped out. It looks like a shanty town right outside there because that's the processing center. And they're upset that they can't get in because they heard about all the freebies in New York. Uh, this is this is we are in like such dangerous territory. And there's not a single block of New York where you don't basically see a migrant just kind of roaming around because there's a 100,000 of them. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Paul, uh, line one. Paul, your thoughts. Hi, good evening, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to say that the migrants should be given a medical exam and fingerprinted. My dad did a lot of work for the government, high level anti narcotics work in South America, so I understand some of the problems they're leaving. 
that's a great point just to keep track of them. I mean, they're, they're not doing anything. Uh, but you, that's a great idea, at least to have them in the system. Hopefully you would be able to work with some of these other countries and be able to see if they had a history or not. I just don't have any faith that they would kick them out, even if they knew they had a criminal history. But that, but that's a really great point, Paul. Thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to William. Line five. William, your thoughts. I'm right here. Yes, Rita. Uh, they want to deface the identity of American society freedom. It's not the migrants. They want to take away American rights and separate the United States, period. And it's not a joke. It's well, and it's serious. troubling. And by the way, I see a separation politically, too, based on what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and that is really, really troubling. And I'm talking, of course, about the hearing tomorrow. There's going to be the arraignment of President Trump. You sort of see this division and this lack of identity, lack of American values. Uh, what about freedom and justice for all? Uh, that's an intrinsic American value. And I'm not seeing it with the way that they're handling President Trump. Uh, or the migrants. There's a lot of examples of it. That's a great, great point. Uh, Tomorrow, we will, of course, be covering the hearing tomorrow. It is taking place 4 o'clock Eastern time in D.C. President Trump arraigned yet again. And we'll have all the details tomorrow night. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.